Drive All Night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, please visit patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus. There you'll learn what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus to help us continue to make high quality and Torytainment for you. Well, it, there, is, there are two levels of thought. It comes, there has to be an intuitive side or, or you're just a hack. You know, you uh-huh. just sit there and you're writing to try and, you Never know, try and write. Do you ever feel like off. you have to, like, Instead keep on of, moving and write it down? And yeah, but I th- you have to be motivated. I mean, or else I'm writing for the wrong reasons at this point in time in my life. When I wrote Little Earthquakes and from then on, it was really about um, if something inspires me, then I sort of go to the piano, I get the thoughts down, and a lot of times it'll take nine months to finish something, or it'll take nine minutes. All songs are really different how long it takes for me to understand what they're trying to tell me. Hey everybody, you're listening to Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. We are your hosts, I'm Ephraim Jr. And I'm David Anderson. And on today's episode, we're talking about Toodles Mr. Jim, a B-side from Tori's third album, Boys for Pele. Hi, David. Hey, Eve. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm excited. Are you? I am. About what? About this silly little song we're going to talk about. It is a silly little song. It's according to Tori, anyway. <laughs> and it's one of the silly songs that's actually a silly song. Well, who knows? As per usual, we're going to get to the bottom of it. Okay. I mean, it's rooted in violence. <laughs> <laughs> A confrontation. Oh, you're death. right. Oh. I mean, the makings oh. of a silly song, if ever there were some. David, you really know how to how to pique our listeners' interests. <laughs> um, how have you been? I've been good. We've been producing at such a rapid pace. I feel like we never have a chance to check in anymore. With each other? With each other. I know. We're ships passing in the night. I have to listen to your episodes of Never Shut Up to find out what's going on with you. Same with you, which you've been doing such a good job with, by the way. Oh, thank you. Likewise. I like it because I feel like I really do get kind of the unfiltered naked version on Never Shut Up, (laughs) different than what you would give me in person. Well, it's easier so. to do it when I'm just waking up at 2.30 in the morning. Right. And I have a microphone. I keep the microphone by my bed and I just wake up and I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And you can hide behind the mask of a, b- a black swan, for example. Right. And let her speak for you. Yeah. Let, without feeling too vulnerable. Exactly. Let the Toracle do the talking. Mm-hmm. Um, David is, of course, referencing one of our other shows, Never Shut Up. It's our daily Tori Amos divination show, Monday through Friday. You can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts, Never Shut Up. I think that David does a remarkable job pulling a song from the bag and really kind of setting your tone for the day and giving you a little pep talk every morning based around that song. 
And I sometimes hope, I do it, but I don't do. I don't think I do as good a job because so I don't have a true. spiritual background. But I, I hope someone who has never listened to it, um, just heard that description and the way you just said it's our daily Tory divination show. Like that's a thing that's going to make <laughs> sense to anyone. <laughs> like sure, oh yeah, that's just what I've been looking for. <laughs> Perfect. We know that's what you want, folks. That's why we made it. Mm. We also have another show tour all night, and that's on hiatus right now. But we so we do tour all year instead. They're all so active. Yeah, you gotta subscribe to them all because you never know where the special content's gonna pop up. You do. You gotta subscribe to them all, <laughs> and rate and review them on iTunes while you're at it. In fact, you could pause us right now and go rate us and review us on iTunes. Yeah, we'll wait. It's worth it. I'm so excited to really get into this episode today. I'm a fan of this song. It's one of my favorite of the B-sides from this era, as far as silly songs go. I mean, there is a whole other squadron, right? Quadrant? No. Corden. (laughs) Whatever. Keep going. (laughs) Squadrant? James Corden? What? (laughs) There's a whole other batch of B-sides that aren't the silly songs. And that's not what I'm talking about. But of the silly songs, of course, I love Hungarian Wedding Song, which we already covered. But this song is a great song. I think this is going to be a little more graceful than Hungarian Wedding Song. A little There's bit. a little more meat here yeah. we can dig into. There definitely is a lot more to talk about, a little bit, a few uh, a few references, and she's talked about it, and we have some quotes to, you know, we actually have quotes for this one. Right. We're not going to be feeling around in the dark like we were last time, yeah. so don't worry. Yeah, on our wedding day, you know, we couldn't even see where we were going. I know, we couldn't even find any Hungarians. We tried. We really did. We should talk about our guest, our only guest on this episode, Alexander Leger-Small. I found us a super fan, a Toodles Mr. Jim super fan. Can you believe it? It's so exciting when someone reaches out and, you know, requests a song way, way in advance, and it seems like it's never going to get here, and then suddenly, here it is. And then it arrives. Toodles Mr. Jim, ready? So Alexander's going to be on our show. You heard him on the Muhammad My Friend episode, and he also was the grand prize winner for Wait, Wait, Don't Tour Me. He's the reigning champion. He's the reigning queen. He'll be on later to talk about his love for Mr. Jim and his love for Toodles, Mr. Jim, <laughs> right? We his love for all the Mr. Jims all the in the gyms world. in the world. So that's very exciting that we have a super fan. You know what I miss? I miss you asking me when the first time I heard a certain song was. <laughs> we haven't done that since the Pele proper When was the first time you heard tracks. this song? Well, you know, there it was on the Cotolite Sneeze single. And I remember having a very positive response to it, maybe even more so than Cotolite Sneeze. Really? Because again, I was craving just Tori and the piano. Oh, yeah. And that's what I got. And I do think this song actually has some, as, as sort of, you know, playful and silly as it is, I really do think it has some beautiful melodic moments um, in the way that most Tori songs do. It takes some unexpected turns. It so. really does. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you a thousand percent on that. I think we should just get into it. We should first say hello to our Patreon supporters. I'm ready. All right. Warm it up. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the family. We have a whole batch of new Patreon supporters to talk about. First, we'll start with Eric Reed. Hi, Eric. We read you. And Don't ne- read me. Why can't Why Eric can't read? Eric read? Jim Pesic. He's a Pesic dispenser. Eric Williams. Why can't Eric Williams... Well, we're friendly with him, so we call him Billiams. We have Danielle Trachtenberg. who No e- relation to Michelle. We don't know that for a Maybe. fact. Maybe. Reach out and let us know. There's Kate Allison. Hi, Kate. Mitchell Hunter. Knight of Mitchell. 
Carolyn Mann. No need to mansplain, Carolyn. Mario Flores. Welcome back, Mario. It's good to see you. It's me, Mario. Cecily Link, who I sat behind in Baltimore on the Native Invader tour. She's a Link, but she's, she's not missing. We know exactly <laughs> where she is, even down to the seat. Craig Maddox. I'm mad for Maddox. Beautiful voice. Check out his music. We love you, Craig. Thank you, everyone who supports our show. New and older subscribers, meaning like previous. Right. Not like... Not aged. Not aged. (laughs) Thank you so much. We couldn't do it without you. We do it for you. We do it with you. And if you're interested in being on an episode, remember your signature song. Email us with the signature song or the song of the episode you want to appear. Put that in the subject line and we'll reach back out to you. If you want to say something on the episode but you don't necessarily think you want to interview, call our hotline 323-296-9955. Or email us, songsoftoryamus at gmail.com. Just reach out to us. Engage with us. That this choir is, girl hotel is booking up fast. I so know. Make your it's reservations almost fully now. booked. So, and she's your cocaine super fans out there. Because <laughs> that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> we don't have one yet. No, I'm, I think we do, actually. I don't believe it. Welcome to the family, all our Patreon supporters. We'll be right back to talk about Toodles, Toodles Mr. Jim. Jim. everybody hey welcome back david how was your break um it was everything i could have hoped for we forgot to tell people that we are still on our retreat oh yeah oh the sea air has gotten to our heads and i'm wrapped in my i'm sorry your eggplant blanket you took it from home i don't travel well i need my things <laughs> right so he was like if we're going on a retreat you're bringing that eggplant blanket so yeah. i can wrap myself in mine now toodles mr jim appears as a b-side on Caudalite Sneeze, the maxi single, the CD5, and also appears on the remastered deluxe Boys for Pele, and it also appears on a piano, the collection, in Mm -hmm. 2006. Very exciting. And which of those versions does she drop the spoken outro? The outro is ixnade on a piano. Oh. It's just tossed aside. That's a shame. It is a shame, and we'll discuss why we think she did that. I think it is a big shame. I love the outro of the song. Let's talk first a little bit about who Mr. Jim was. Mr. Jim the man. The man, the myth. Now, the legend. 
there's a quote from Ticketmaster.com. And let me tell you, first, I'd like to say thank you to Shay Stymac for putting our show notes together. As always, we think that we're there's nothing to be found. And Shay's like, oh, wait. Did you check Ticketmaster.com from August 1st, 1996? No. Amateurs. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. This is from a live online chat, Ticketmaster.com, August 1st, 1996. I'll read the question, and David will portray Toriamus in the answer. What does the song, Toodles Mr. Jim, mean to you? Mr. Jim lived next door to me when I was a little girl. He was one of my favorite people. I did punch his daughter in the nose and got in trouble from my father. Of all people, Mr. Jim defended me. I was five and she was seven. When he passed on, I wrote that song for him. I punched her because she was insulting my mother. Some tea. Mary Amos. What could she have done? Some Baltimore tea. I know. What do you think she was saying? Who knows? Any number of things. Do you think it was as simple as a your mom joke? Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> Susie Geyer pioneered your mom jokes. <laughs> she's a she's an innovative. Mm. Yeah, so she punched Susie Geyer, young Susie Geyer, Jim's daughter, in the nose because she was mean. Because she was mean. She got in trouble by her father. God, he's never on her side. But Mr. Jim came to her defense... Almost as if he knew that his daughter deserved to be punched in the nose. So, <laughs> Isn't it interesting how little moments like this stick with you? Years and years later, presumably if she was five, this happened in 1968, right? Mm-hmm. So 30 years later almost, this thought when he dies comes back to her and becomes this song or becomes the jumping off point for this song. Well, there are certain key moments or key people from your childhood that really stick with you, even if they're long gone or you've lost touch with them, but you consider that such a part of your, you know, your formative years that you hold them in a special place, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Let's play a little bit. Let's just get right into the meat of it all, right? We played this on our Crucify episode so many years ago, but... We're going to play it again. This is from MTV Review, a 1998 show that just kind of profiled Tori. And it was really, really great during the, around the release of Choir Girl. But this talks about sort of the, the incident. We should always refer to it as the incident. <laughs> I was always playing, but I think one time that was really hard and embarrassing to remember. There was some talent night at the Geyer's house. That, they were our neighbors. And there was this girl, Susie Geyer, who I punched in the nose a couple years before this prior because she had talked bad about my mother. She was two years older than I was. And you know, she knew everything about everything. And she was very smart and very talented and all that. So talent night, the weird thing is, Susie comes out and plays this little pissant song, you know, and the house goes wild for her. I mean, just wild. And I'm going, You know, they've never gone wild for me like that. And I'm up and down the piano, you know, tying my shoes behind my head while I'm playing Mozart and stuff. So, guess what I did? I played her piece, but not as well. I mean, you know, I'd only heard it through the doorway. Everybody was just standing there so embarrassed, but they didn't get that nothing I could do was ever enough. Ever. So I figured if I could play Susie's song that they all loved, that maybe it would be enough. And I just remember running. 
as fast as I could from those people, from the piano, from Susie, from music, from everything. Thanks, Ollie. What do you think? What do you have to say about that, David? I love the way Tori tells that story. And I don't remember at what point I realized that the girl from that story was the same little girl from Toodles, Mr. Jim. Mm -hmm. um, does she say that? Um, she doesn't, but she, because we know all that we know, right. we're able to piece it together. Right. But she doesn't actually a little, say. A more forensic journalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Investigative reporters. Yeah. Did you have a figure in your life that you had repeated encounters with like that? In a negative way, like Susie Geyer? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I was bullied my whole life mm -hmm. in school. Yeah. I think we all have a neighbor, like a kid across the street or whatever, that is our arch nemesis at that point causing trouble. So Did you? I for sure did. Who the was kid it? that lived across the street from me. What was his name? His name was Brian Octoloni. Oh. He, sa <laughs> he sounds like a mafioso, right? Oh, no, which, it sounds like a bologna sandwich. Well, that too. Yeah, that was the obvious joke to make for sure, which I did. Okay, But good. he was the worst. And he decided to take me down and ruin my life and steal all my friends. Really? Which he managed to do pretty successfully. So, <laughs> why, why? What did you do to him? I don't know. I didn't do anything to that him. That was called victim shaming. He was troubled. What did he do to get your friends oh well i mean part of, part of it was my fault for choosing weak weak-willed friends <laughs> who were willing to kind of then go along and now. with whatever yeah for sure with whatever bully showed up on the scene um anyway but, uh, i'm sorry to but kind of you, you know there. but you're right though you absolutely remember those things that are so important to you at the time you have like a stronger memory of things like that than you do of things that happened in your twenties, oh, yeah. or or things like the positive things that happened when you were a kid. Right? You have a stronger yeah, that's memory. for sure. Yeah. You're so right. Toodles, Mister J. Peel the onion. Here is a bit from WDRE, the fifth of February, nineteen ninety-six. I picked up your CD five yesterday with the silly songs on it. Yes. I love that Toodles, Mister Jim. Toodles, Mister Jim. How about Toodles, Mister Jim? Do you really? Are you serious? Oh, I like that. Nobody ever asked me. For well, you're on DRE. Toodles, Mister Jim. Can I? How come, you, how come you talk like Shirley Chisholm when you do that? I don't know. Something <laughs> happens to me. Oh no, she doesn't talk like that. She does so. No. <laughs> That's that's a Warner Brothers character. Oh, Suffering Suckatay. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah, hit it. Toodles, Mr. Jim, you cherry picker. Toodles, I said so. <laughs> I can't say <laughs> I can't do that. You're making me gay. Extra special thanks to Lisa Ridlon for resurrecting that clip from the dead off of Richard Handel's interview disc. So that leads me to believe this was an improv. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Although in the earlier uh, interview quote that we read, she does say, I wrote it for him when he died, but I guess she could be playing fast and loose with what that means. And right. she wrote it for him on the spot. Yeah, I mean, so. like, she, yeah, because she is a composer. So uh -huh. she did make this song and I was writing it. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that of all the songs, multiple people asked her about this at the time? Yeah. Anyway. Should we get into the lyrical dissection our line by line i'm ready that people love so much mm, after our deep dive into the history of the song uh, now we can do the line by line can't wait mm. i'm ready for it okay here we go Toodles, Mr. Jim, you cherry so did he have a cherry tree he must have right he's defined by his cheriness he's in tori's mind he's not like cherry picking like kids in the neighborhood that he's gonna like Tori, not Sue. Yeah. Nope. I think this is literal cherry, cherry picking. picking. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. 
Toodles, I say so long. Toodles because he passed in 95 and she's this is right around the time that she's writing this album, so that's in her head. Hear that your grave's a little warm, you stickler. What do you think he was a stickler for? Good behavior? Treating other people well? Maybe. Maybe he was just like a rigid... Uh, back in the day, these Baltimore men, family men, they were real sticklers. Discipline. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know what he was a stickler for. Cherries? Sing them all, you're happy song. Maybe he, maybe he whistled a good tune. She really is painting him as like a Mr. Rogers type character. Yeah. Or the host of some kid's show. He's picking cherries, singing a happy song. Well, with you saying that, I think that's really important to think of this whole verse then because it is painting a one big picture because probably it's an improv right so probably these lines within themselves don't necessarily mean a whole heck of a lot except for like stickler rhymes with picker you know as she does it kind of as she's singing it it's like coming to her maybe does this feel like she's composed it to you like she wrote it beforehand no not really so it feels a little improv like mm-hmm. a good improv, but improv So she's painting a picture of Mr. Jim. Do you think she recorded this on a Sunday? Must be. Possibly. Uh, that hadn't really occurred to me, but maybe. Yeah. And by your grave, meaning that I'm thinking about you. That like I'm here. That's what I'm. That's what's in my my head. Mm-hmm. You, you're passing. And she wasn't far from a graveyard herself. Mm-hmm. If they were recording in the church, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, very interesting. What do you suppose she means by gava rave? <laughs> oh, we don't have time. Showed <laughs> me so well how to spell those red. These are, are some of the most profound lyrics. This is a classic Tori moment when she's really you know, like starting to grind away and become unhinged, working <laughs> herself into a lather seemingly over nothing. <laughs> I love that you said a lather and not a frenzy. <laughs> no, a lather. <laughs> she's lathering up for sure. Those red and high. <laughs> <laughs> I think she, pro- like she was probably just couldn't come up with words that rhymed. Yeah. And she was, but you know, what she does when she's like, in an improv. This feels very improv. I love it. It's great, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. I love it, too. Paul Roy is the only thing I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you dissect the lyrics. They don't mean anything. How can you say that doesn't mean something, Paul Roy? <laughs> he may be right. is swattered again a moment of of just, reaching for a rhyme right yeah it was great though mm-hmm. it is very vivid yeah there's a lot of imagery there <laughs> i'm hearing paul roy now too swat vivid the imagery and swattered no but i kind of love it it's kind of lewis carroll yeah and it's not a real word but it it really does bring to mind something like something kind of wet yeah for bloody lack of a like, better word like, yeah, yeah like a wet sure. slap yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she deserved that nose yep yeah she deserved it mm. That to me is such a is such a sweet line. It seems like there's such fondness there. 
and the memory of it, it makes me happy. It makes me warm. I just love the choice of the words. You came to my aid. It sounds like Tori shot up a signal flare. I need someone to come to my aid, but not you helped me out or whatever she right. might have said that would have been a little more playful, but you came to my aid. It's very formal. Yeah, it is very formal. You're right. I never thought about that. I love the idea that like there's justice in this world and he knows that she deserved that nose. And there have been times when things in my life where I've like done something wrong and my dad's like, well, you know. Learned your lesson, didn't mm. you? That's always nice when a parent can see that, as opposed to like, my angel would never do such a <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, I don't have that problem. But it's like, nope, she got <laughs> nailed in the nose. And right. I got to say, she had it coming. And now it's Toodles, Mr. Jim, you cherry picker. Build that ladder well. Okay, building a ladder well to pick the cherries, right? So you can imagine, you really get a sense that he's on the ladder picking the cherries. But there is also the ladder to heaven. Of course, I was going to say, now he's ascending the great ladder right. in the sky. Right, and he's building it as he goes up. <laughs> I love that imagery of like him putting up the next rung as he's like getting up. There's something really sweet about it. Teach me just where those boys can climb when they've got a spell. This reminds me a little bit, too, of Frog on My Toe. Sure. Here, you know, when the boys get naughty, <laughs> slap them boys when they're naughty. Mm. Teach me where they can go when they've got a little spell of desire. But it is so evocative of childhood. You can just picture, like, neighborhood kids climbing trees and getting up to no good in the middle of summer mm -hmm. or whenever it would have been. Yeah. Why would they climb in the trees? Maybe they were all picking cherries. Maybe cherry picking in that area was the thing that they all did. Are the cherries the ladies? I don't. I, that never occurred to me. I just want to make sure we explore every avenue. Jim. You are my sweet favorite neighbor of them all. That's nice. That's a loving tribute. Let them girls go to the parties. I don't care. Oh, I love it. I love that in this moment, Tori was maybe feeling like an outsider and like the popular kids were off doing whatever, going to parties down at Bobby's house. Mm -hmm. And she would rather just stay home and hang out with Mr. Jim, mm -hmm. learn how to pick cherries. Yeah. See, I prefer a sweet reading of this song. Like I do feel because of this quote from ticketmaster.com which thankfully has survived over the years she said he was one of my favorite people i did punch his daughter in the nose he was one of my favorite people when he passed on i did write that song for him so i prefer that reading of it i prefer this reading of the surface reading of it's a sweet man she's singing a sweet tribute to him and i really believe that's where it lives and that's what this is you know there's been of course you know i read it online someone was like I, this i believe that graveyard this old man and toodles mr jim are all about the same person which very well could be you know this old man he was an old man when he died and then i prefer not to take the sinister reading where some people have taken that sinister reading of this song yeah well i mean even if we were just going based on the the recorded studio versions i don't think that would necessarily be a sinister read but after after the discussion that we had on this old man that would definitely be telling a little bit of a different story these songs live in different universes to me mm -hmm. totally mm -hmm. i don't personally think they're about the same person or experience at all so while you think of your favorite line i'm gonna tell you my favorite line are you ready mm-hmm 
think that's so i don't know if that counts but i do like teach me where those boys can climb when they've got a spell i like um today sunday by your grave i think Mm. that part of the song is actually really beautiful but i love that all around this is a sweet little farewell um and it's sort of playful even though it's about death Mm. i mean This is an older man who's passed away, right? Mm -hmm. It was his time. It's not like, uh, you know, she's not grieving necessarily. This isn't a tragedy here. So it's sort of making light of death in the best way possible in the sense that it's, you know, something that we're all going to face eventually, something we can't escape from, nothing to be afraid of. So she's just saying, you know, a fond farewell to someone who's moved on. So I like that she sort of playfully talks about a grave or a warm grave. Like it kind of takes the um, seriousness out of death. That's kind of how she, this is the first example of it, maybe. Um, I can't think of any other songs in her catalog up to this point that have really dealt with death. Happy Phantom. Happy Phantom. Well, that even kind of fits. This is really an example of her saying a fond farewell and, and being playful about it and being happy about it and celebratory about it. I think that that is really appealing that she was treating death in this manner that it wasn't like heavy and that it was there was love and a tribute and we can play with it and we can laugh about it i think that's typical tori i do too and that's a difficult balance to strike i think because she manages to do that but also in no way does this seem like disrespectful right. or glib like she's making light of it so the fact that she managed to sort of encapsulate that sentiment in this little song that we think was totally improvised is really kind of amazing and when I say totally improvised, I still, I believe that she maybe had like a line in her head that wouldn't escape. And that's, you know, when she says things come to you, like maybe something came to her earlier and then she gets in the studio and it's just yeah. Toodles, Mr. Jimmy, Cherry Picker, because that seems to be the only thing that's clear on the page. Oh, I can imagine her, you know, strolling into the booth. She had a slip of paper with bullet points on it. Right. And each bullet point was <laughs> Cherry red, picker. And, red and red and hey, like, I'm ready. Hit record. Ready. Hit, 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 the, light, hit the button, guys. Um, a forgotten track, mostly a lost track, mostly right. Mm-hmm. We never forgot it. Never. But it's not going to appear on any like greatest hits compilation. No. Well, you never know with the way she sequences things. But <laughs> no, Atlantic Records produced <laughs> best of is going to have this. I think we've talked about this before, but I'm going to bring it up again. Knowing that she was sitting on an Alamo. Or like more substantial songs. Why do you think she chose to release the first single with these silly songs as the accompanying B-sides? Because when she says humor was a part of her palette, we don't see that on the album hardly at all. And I think it was important to her that in the she knew that anyone who's going to buy the single is going to buy the album. You're going to have that journey. You're going to have all the heavy songs. So let's give you something to laugh about or something playful. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that had a lot to do with why the silly songs are there. Also, maybe she just didn't want to master anything else that was so like, you have to imagine if you're mastering a track and you're working on one of these songs, it takes forever. And it's just like, it's probably draining. So it's probably refreshing to do a Toodles mm-hmm. Mr. Jim. One take, got it. Let's play it. Let's listen. It's probably just easier and a little bit more fun. Yeah. It's interesting because with the first two albums, we didn't really get any lighthearted material like this. So it's like in the midst of this whole project, she really did need that palate cleanser for herself. Yeah. So, yeah. And I imagine them as like, um, 
you know, intros. I think they're all intros to something. I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that all of the silly songs were intros to like so- songs that we heard on the album, you know, like how she did back that ass up before Mary's of the sea, uh-huh. like just to kind of get into the key, just warm up mm-hmm. how we do. Like we warm up, we record for right. hours before we, yeah. you know, we talk for hours into the microphones before we press record. And you're always like, if the angels is going to come, David, <laughs> the angels don't know this song. Exactly. <laughs> I always say that um, because it's true. It's true. So I wouldn't be surprised if like she did this and then was like, okay, I'm ready. Mr. Jim was good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever. Blood Is that Blood Roses? Blood Roses. Yeah. I've gotten <laughs> so you got really good <laughs> at learning how to decipher your like beatbox renditions. Yeah. Of- <laughs> anyway. Should we listen to the music? Yeah. Oh, my God, Yanta. This is Yanta's cover of Toodles, Mr. Jim. You can follow Yanta and support Yanta by going to patreon.com slash Yanta. And you should do that because Yanta is a genius. And without him, we would have nothing. Assuming this is really an improv, like we said, it's not as simple as one would think. Um, I'm always amazed that she's able to play and accompany herself and play something that's not the same melody line as the vocal. I think that's pretty incredible, to put it mildly. this shift here the music really is cartoony and it tells a story just with the music itself right definitely cartoony but then there's that like lush shift so it is walking that dichotomy between you know playful but respectful So let's talk about the music a little bit. I, What's your favorite musical moment? I love when it goes into the really staccato kind of pounding section mm. under Splattered and Swattered. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but then when it kind of goes back into, but now it's Toodles, Mr. Jim, and it actually becomes wistful and kind of opens up. And again, for a simple little song like this, it actually has some real moments of beauty. And I'm always in awe of how she's able to make those shifts. And um, this was certainly at a phase in her career as a composer where I feel like every single song was really its own world, even when it was just her and the piano. And they were all incredibly catchy, all incredibly different. And it was just really amazing. Yeah, very different, very unique. Um, This song doesn't, beyond just the subject matter, that doesn't sound like anything really in her catalog up to this point for sure, you know? My favorite musical moment is at the very, very beginning. And it's not even the playing. Like the playing is beautiful and surprisingly beautiful, especially when you take away the vocals and you're just like listening to Yanta, that that she's going through those movements, you know? it, It has little shifts here and there, I guess, like you said. And of course, when it opens up, that's great. But there's this one moment at the very, very beginning where you can hear the pump of the pedal. Mm -hmm. And you hear it three times, I think maybe four times as she's like hitting the pedal. Moments like that put you in that space with her. This song has so many gems like that. It has her kind of humming to herself at the beginning. It has the pedal pump. You can hear her actually like swallowing and drinking the water when she's doing the outro. She has like two swallows. You can actually hear someone in the very, very distance at the end. That was Toodles Mr. Jim. Right as she's saying that, someone in the background talks in like the booth or somewhere. And you can hear this like man's voice really deep in the mix. I love those little things that put you in that room, you know, and... We're almost out of the Pele world, and I don't know what I'm going to do because this was the this was the time that those things were there because it was on location in the church. So you, you can't control the environment, and that is such a an instrument on the album. I love that, too. I love all these little, one could term them as imperfections, but mm-hmm. I certainly don't view them that way. Um, I always look for those moments in her music, and, you know, not only on Pele, like in Sister Janet, for example, at the very beginning, you can hear the wood of the piano crack, if you know what I'm talking about, like it's settling. And I don't know why, I just love that that's there because it's organic and it really feels like a performance in the moment. It's not kind of that totally... It separates the studio quality idea from like, you realize she's actually there playing it. Every little nugget or gem or Easter egg in Boys for Pele is so wonderful. I don't know, because it's my favorite album and it's my favorite era. Should we run out the church and do our own covers? Oh my God, can we do that? We probably could. I just want to sit in there. I just want to make a box. (laughs) Oh yeah, we need to make a box and you need to be able to do your sneeze vocals. Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) We're going to do it. We got to do a GoFundMe just for that (laughs) experience. (laughs) So way to go, Yanta. You can support him uh, at patreon.com slash Yanta. And we'll be right back with an interview with Alexander Leger Small. Let's do it.
we're back, and we have the one and only Alexander Leger-Small on the line. Hi, Alexander. Hey. Hello. We spoke with Alexander last on our Muhammad, My Friend episode. You can go back in time and listen to that. Or if you find Wait, Wait, Don't Tour Me, Alexander was our grand prize winner. I'm uh, looking forward to coming back for the Tournament of Champions. Uh. <laughs> Battle of the Stars. Most importantly, how has your life changed since you won Wait, Wait, Don't Tour Me? Wow. I, you know, I've had calls. I got an offer to be on Jeopardy, but I had to turn it down. You know, I just don't have time. Has Saker been giving you death threats or Peter Zimmerman by chance? Uh, Saker's poked at me a little bit. And <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Peter Zimmerman, however, has just iced you out. He's so humiliated. He, he has. He has. Um, you were a Toodles Mr. Jim super fan. Is that correct? That is correct. One of my favorites. What do you think about that, David? I can't wait to hear about your relationship with the song. Tell us all the secrets. First of all, we already know how you discovered Tori, so we're not going to waste time there. You can go back to Muhammad, my friend, and listen to it. But how did you discover Toodles, Mr. Jim? Give us everything. I want the who, the where, the what, the why. You got it. So my sister was the quote-unquote primary Tori fan in the family, and a lot of my early years with Tori were kind of stealing her things and listening to her CDs in my room and not giving them back to her. And uh, she had the Caudalite Sneeze single. And I remember stealing that and it went into my CD pile for a good six months. And uh, I had like one of those five disc changers and I would load it up with Tori and just put it on shuffle as I went to bed. And that stayed in for a long time. I mean, Graveyard is another one of my favorite B-sides. So there's a lot of gems on that Cuddleite Sneeze single. So Tudor's Mr. Jim, little Alexander Leger Small. How old are you? 12 at this point? 13, 14? Yeah, 12, 13. You're laying in your bed and Tudor's Mr. Jim comes on. And what are your thoughts? So it's, it's such a warm song on just like the surface. It's this wonderful honoring of this man from her life that made an impression on her as a child. So there's so much to say about it. So I love the process that we get in the song. Like there are kind of three pieces to it and maybe even a little bit of the fourth. So right in the intro, you hear her really faintly, like trying to access a note, like she's doing this little hum thing. And then it goes right into the piano that's kind of meandering and you can feel like she's trying to get into the song. She's looking for her way in. And then she finds it on the keyboard and spends a a section finding it with her voice. And then that happens and we switch into the song proper. And it turns into this wonderful, like jaunty little almost vaudevillian sort of clowny number and it it makes me so happy (laughs) it's one of my favorite songs to sing in the car with that little window into the process like you said do you imagine that this song was totally improvised on the spot or that she'd sort of worked it up ahead of time i think that mr jim had been kicking around in her head for two weeks but i think it's a total improv uh she talks about in interviews how she could write a song every day and it wouldn't necessarily be a good song but she could do it and i think this is an example of that Mm. i don't know i think it's a pretty good song i love it i think it's a great song uh in addition to the music being so fun she does really silly things like swattered not a word but it gets 
the image right across to you, like totally how a little girl would hit somebody else in the nose. And I love it. Uh, and the other moment is uh, the by your grave. I think it's the first one. And the way she says grave becomes like four syllables and <laughs> I can never sing it correctly. It's like, yeah, do you think she's uh, tongue tied uh, when she's singing that note? When she's, when she's singing that word? I think a little bit. I, I think the song might get away from her for a second. Like it does a little bit later. Uh, when she's trying to, like, spear the cherries, spear the red. I'm yeah. not even sure what the lyric is there. Have you ever had someone <laughs> swatter your property and rob your gov-a-rave? <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely not. No. I'd like to. I'd like to one day. It sounds fun. You haven't lived yeah. until you've been swattered. Have you ever seen this song live? She's only done it three times live, which we're going to talk about here in the next section. But have you mm-hmm. ever been in the audience when she's done it? No, I wish. I wish that I had, uh, particularly for the Tudor Mr. Lot, uh, which I'm sure you're going to talk about. But that sounded excellent. It was the only thing I requested on the last tour. I uh, wrote her a little letter and tried to get it, but I knew it was a long shot. Oh, that would have been great on the last tour, actually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anything would have been... Everything just a was nice great. little breath of fresh air. Yeah. Um, how has your relationship to the song changed over time? So you were laying in your bed, 12, 13, 14, and you hear this song, and it makes you feel happy. It makes you feel... It's just fun to listen to. And now you are a 26-year-old man. <laughs> and, <laughs> You're so kind. And how does it make you feel now? Um, well, I think I can look back a little bit at the kid that I was, and I relate to this sort of feeling that I had sometimes where I would be hanging out at a friend's house, and I kind of liked their parents more than I liked them. Like, I was a mature child, so I'd often relate to adults more than kids my own age. And there's like this moment here where it's little Tori and this adult and they have, they're supporting each other. They have a special moment. And I remember those moments and really treasuring them. And I don't think I knew that when I was 13, but I can see that now. You have your version of a Mr. Jim or maybe several that you think back on fondly from your, from your childhood. Absolutely. Uh, There's one, and he's not like my perfect Mr. Jim, if you will, but I had a friend uh, who had an apple orchard and I remember picking apples with him and his dad. So there's there's a little connection right there with the cherry picker mm. in a way that always makes me smile. Maybe a heavy question, but what do you hope when you are headed towards your Gerva rave, what do you hope your <laughs> legacy is? Oh, wow. <sighs> I hope that I have made something beautiful in my life and it lasts for a little while and that some weird little queer boy sees it at some point and believes that he can make something beautiful in the future because of it. Oh, little queer boy in the future. (laughs) I'm sure you have like a spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alexander, anything else to say on Toodles, Mr. Jim? Uh, yes, I I can't believe I almost forgot this. My biggest beef with this song is that 
I think it's on the piano oh, box set. I know what you're going to say. She cuts out the outro, and it makes me so mad. And I don't know, like, was she worried that people with lateral lists were, like, really offended <laughs> by it and that she had to get rid of it because it made her look bad? It's one of my favorite parts of the song. What, let's talk about it because I can't believe we almost forgot to talk about it as well. What do you think? Uh, so it, you just said it's one of your favorite parts of the song, right? Yeah. What do you think it's about? Like, why does she speak like that? Because maybe is she being accessing the little girl in her or like what's going on there? I think it's exactly that. Yeah, I think I think she turns into little baby Tori. And it reminds me of uh, the interview in the Boys for Pele promo where she's like, and the little redhead has the string that goes all the way. It's that same kind of voice. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's just goofing around. But it's also like it gives a nice little bit of context to the song. And I actually didn't know uh, about the girl who, who she punched in the face. I didn't. I mean, I knew about it, but I didn't realize because it was that she said something mean about her mom. Yes. Uh, it was a nice little tie-in for this. Sad. And when Tori did cut that section out of the a piano box set, how did you feel? Who did you want to punch in the nose? Um, can I say Mark? Yeah. Was it Mark's fault? <laughs> was it Mark's fault? I I think maybe if I had to put thought to it, I would say maybe she was a little embarrassed because she was kind of vulnerable. Like she was just being cute and vulnerable. And not you can hear her like drinking the water and you can hear her like mm-hmm. smacking her lips. And you can also hear if you're if you're a trained Tori Miss listener like we are, you can hear Mark Hawley in the back talking or someone, a man's voice, like right when she's done playing. Before she oh, cut, really? yeah, like right after she would have cut it at a piano, if you were to play the full B-side version, you hear her say something and a man far in the background says something like, okay, we got it or something like that. Huh. But she's talking. So it feels like the man's like, oh shit. And like stops talking so that she can continue. Uh-huh. To talk. It's very, very distant. Like they turned it down in the mix, but it's still picked up in like a microphone somewhere that they couldn't eliminate because it's in there. And I was listening to it in well, my like skull candy inner earphones today. And I was like, what's that male voice? Is he saying stop being a victim? No, he's saying what language? <laughs> Dutch. <laughs> I know that she's making an effort to sort of take on that little girl girl voice like you were saying, but I always heard it too like she's chewing on ice and she has something in her mouth too. Oh. That's sort of interesting. Yeah. That never occurred to me. I'm going to have either. to go back and listen. I'm going to reject it outright. That's fine. I'm going to reject it outright. But she no also one, no <laughs> one eats ice when they're recording. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She traded out that little outro, though, for a longer one, or one we didn't know existed on Frog on My Toe, I guess. Oh, yeah. So she never, she never, she never gives it all to us. It's like one or the yeah. other. Right, right. <laughs> um, when are we going to talk to you again, Alexander Leger Small, one of our favorite people and one of our favorite interviews? I'll talk to you for anything. Uh, because Choir Girl's coming up, I, I'll put in a request for Liquid Diamonds. It's in my top five. Done. Um, but I'm sure you have lots of people who want to talk about that. We do, but you know what? We have room for everyone. We lost their numbers. <laughs> we have room for everyone, especially for you. And well, since- call me up whenever you need someone. Like, I could have talked on Hungarian Wedding Song. 
Oh, oh my god, that, now you tell us. We are are you part <laughs> Hungarian or is your husband part Hungarian? No. Wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Alexander Leger Small. If you are not following Alexander Leger Small on Instagram, you are not living. You have to go check him out at Alexander Leger Small, all one word, and of course we'll link to it in our show notes. And you can you have to get to know Bartlett. Bartlett is is Alexander's puppy and the puppy of us all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on our show, Alexander, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Bye. 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 Toodles, I guess we should say. Alexander Leger Small is always a pleasure. That was Toodles Leger Small. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Alexander was good. Well, look around you, David, at the vast emptiness of our live section. Oh, and my life. Crazy. It's not as empty as some are. Hungarian That's wedding true. song, for example. We had to make it up. <laughs> um, we reserved a table for three. <laughs> so, Toodles Mr. Jim has been performed a total of three times in Tori and Mrs. Career. So we did not even bother to get percentages. Mm. It's .000 something. Point, exactly. <laughs> and the very first time she performed it, it wasn't even a full performance. This is June 6th, 1996 in Chicago, Illinois at the Rosemont Theater. You want to hear this, David? Yes, absolutely. It's about halfway through the tour, right? This is prior to Los Angeles, so you haven't seen her yet. She's working her way west. Here we go. Sometimes she gets a wild hair or someone shouts something out from the audience and she's like, okay. I'll do that. Yeah. What do you think of that performance of Toodles, Mr. Jim? Just a havesy. Well, I'm bored of 96. Should we move on? Let's do it. God, we've been here for forever. <laughs> I'm bored just in time because there's nothing else left for us here. Ow, 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 ow. Now, here we are in 1998. Now, this isn't Toodles, Mr. Jim proper, but this is a Mr. Jim improv and we can only assume... That she's talking about the same man. This is from November 17th, 1998 in Lowell. 
Quick plop, quick plop, quick plop. Here we are in 2002. Here we are in Las Vegas, Nevada. Can't you hear the slot machines? Oh. In Las Vegas, Nevada, on Saturday, December 14th, 2002, Tori thought she would be funny and perform Toodles, Mr. Jim. But to Trent Lott. Trent Lott. You want to talk a little bit about Mr. Trent Lott? I would if I could. I don't remember who he was or what happened. Well, I, I really don't. You don't remember no, Trent I don't. Lott? I'm going to read a little from his Wikipedia page, which is the extent of the research that I did. As far as I can tell, Trent Lott is still alive. But I've had this Tori Amos Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Well, that he died. The Lott effect. The Mandela effect. Yeah, Tori somehow has the ability to curse someone. Th- that would be like a good Twilight Zone. When she sings, you die. <laughs> it's over when the skinny lady, right. the skinny white lady sings. <laughs> <laughs> so she performed it twice in 2002 in Las Vegas and in Los Angeles a couple days later, December 17, 2002. And I was at the Los Angeles show, as was David. So we heard it. I had this distinct memory that Mr. Lott had died, no. even though now that I'm reading his Wikipedia page, he was a Republican from Mississippi. He was not a cool dude. Turns out he didn't die. He's still alive. But I guess the controversy started on December 5th, 2002, when at a function honoring outgoing Senator Strom Thurmond, Trent Lott, in regards to his state of Mississippi voting for Thurmond in the 1948 presidential election, Lot said, we're proud of it, and if the rest of the country had followed our lead, we wouldn't have had all these problems over all these years. Obviously referring to black people. So on December 10th, 2002, Lot appeared on Black Entertainment Television, BET, and apologized for his December 5th remarks, which were known to be racist remarks. And on December 12, 2002, President George W. Bush rebuked Lott for his comments, saying any suggestion that segregation was acceptable is, quote, offensive and it is wrong. On December 12, 2002, the Congressional Black Caucus released a statement calling for a formal censure of Senator Lott's racist remarks. So on December 20th, the disgraced lot i love a good i love a good soap opera on december 20th 2002 the disgraced lot stepped down as incoming senate majority leader due to outrage over his remarks saying in the interest of pursuing the best possible agenda for the future of our country i will not seek to remain as majority leader of the united states senate for the 108th congress effective january 6 2003 to all those who offered me their friendship support and prayers which was not anyone, I will be eternally grateful. I will continue to serve the people of Mississippi in the United States Senate. So you can read all about it in his memoirs, released 2005, called Herding Cats, A Life in Politics. So he was on his way out, and that's why she's saying toodles, Mr. Lott. And she must have been really passionate about it, because this song is a good song, right? It's about a good man. Right. We agree. And she repurposed it. To be about a bad man. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So we all know that Tori responds well to positive reinforcement because she she did it the once. And then they loved it so much. Yeah, there was hooting and hollering and she was like, well, I'll give it to him again. I'm going to take this show to LA. Okay. Here (laughs) is Saturday, December 14th in Vegas, 2002. So um, I was watching the news last night. Things are pretty sticky back east. What is that? How should that go? I love you, Tori. Let's try. Toodles, Mr. 
Compared to Tuesday, December 17th, 2002. Just mere days later. Hmm. Mere days later. It probably comes across as obnoxious when I do this, and I don't mean it to, when we bring up that we were at a show where something happened, but we were. And I say that only because it's so bizarre to me that we've heard, she's performed this song two and a half times, and Mm -hmm. we both heard it two out of the two and a half times. And we can say that, or I can, about a handful of songs. It's like, really? I've never heard the wrong band, but I've heard (laughs) Toodles Mr. Jim twice. I've heard Black Swan. And right. Agent Orange like three I times. Know, and I there know. are other songs that I've never heard once. It's crazy to me. So that's the only reason I bring it up. Not because I want to say like, well, I was at that show. I bring it up as well, but I don't bring it up to sound obnoxious. I bring it up to like connect with the song like yeah. I re- or connect with that particular performance. And what it's like to be there, the bootlegs, I mean, until she releases her entire back catalog on soundboard quality. You say that we- like it's imminent. I almost leaned forward and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> right. Until she does that, all we have are these bootlegs and they're crappily recorded most of the time. That's all we got. And I'm happy that we have it though. So it helps me connect with the performance to kind of say like, I was there and it was good. And it was good. Like we wouldn't Mr. Be- Chin was good. Right. I was there for a lot of things that we haven't played because they weren't as good. There are seminal performances from other cities, but like here I was here. And obviously there's a big moment in Toodles Mr. Jim's life. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, I've said enough. <laughs> and so have you. And she's played it enough two and a half times. Two and a half times. Um, of course... We're not going to take into account the Blood Roses is 1999, where she mentions Mr. Jim in that weird bridge. But here's a supercut of all the Blood Roses is Mr. Jim's.
You're listening to Matt's mix of Caudalite Sneeze, which you can find on our remix archive, songsoftoryamus.com. Uh, well, that's our show. That was Toodles, Mr. Jim. Toodles, Mr. Anderson. Hey, Mr. Junior. You didn't say Toodles. Toodles, Mr. Junior. If you like what we do, please head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Amos, where you can become a supporter today and get any one of our wonderful thank you gifts at many, many levels. Also follow us on all our social media at Songs of Tori Amos and email us songsoftoryamus at gmail.com. Call us on our hotline, 323-296-9955. Head over to our website, songsoftoryamus.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter, download our remix archive, check out our Patreon supporters, subscribe to our podcast, rate us and review us on iTunes. Really just spend all day with us. Subscribe to Never Shut Up. Subscribe to Tour All Year. What else, David? (laughs) What more could there possibly be? Purchase our limited edition poster on our store. Purchase our postcard. What else, David? We got merch. We got merch. Thank you so much for listening. We're so grateful that you tune in every week. And even especially through the silly songs, you know, these aren't as necessarily well-known tracks as like a Caudalite Sneeze or Hey Jupiter. But we do appreciate your listenage, your listenership. Your your dotage, your listenership, your listenage, your tutelage. Anything else you want to say, David? I think we've done it. I think we have we can say and done it. So long. Farewell. Toodles, Mr. Anderson. Toodles, Mr. Junior. Toodles, Mr. Audience. (laughs) And Mrs. Audience. To all the handsome women out there. To all the beautiful men. Mr. Jim. Mr. Jim died two weeks ago, and he taught me how to pick cherries, and I punched his daughter in the nose because she was mean. Mr. Jim was good. Drive All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned in this episode, please visit us online at songsoftoryamus.com. Mr. Jim was good.